Back in the fur shed, it's Jeremiah here, TrappingToday.com, and welcome to episode 24 of the Trapping Today podcast. Thanks for being here. Um, it is springtime. Boy, it's amazing uh, how things can change over the course of a couple weeks. So last podcast episode, uh, we were still, uh, win- winter was still clinging on and there was snow everywhere. And a couple weeks later, now we got uh, green grass all around and a beautiful 60-degree day today. So, um, anyway, I've been been incredibly busy, as things always are, in, starting in May. And will continue throughout the summer and been de- was debating a little bit whether I should... Oh, I want to do a podcast. Well, I don't got time. I got to do it. I don't got time. So finally, I forced myself to sit down here uh, at the end of the day, Sunday night, and uh, and record here for a little while. So uh, anyway, uh, just a few things uh, non-trapping related. So as we cycle into spring, there are just a million different things to do on the farm. We got cows having calves. We're about halfway through that we get a well we're more than halfway we get uh, 14 I guess 14 calves on the ground and uh, they're coming right steady now and fixing fences that that hard winter was terrible on fences the fences are on the ground everywhere posts broken wires broken insulators popped off been probably two and a half days worth of fence fixing and um, a million different things to clean up after after winter so anyway especially with the fur shed fire last fall and the rebuild I had a bunch of stuff that got covered in snow and didn't see for about five months and now it's uh it's back and it's a big mess to clean up throughout the course things that have accumulated through the course of the winter in addition to what was there last fall uh, so anyway just a a lot of that stuff, and and it's always funny how how it creeps up on you. And for me, anyway, winter is always a, a little slower, and I I start projects, and because I can't stand to to not have myself, you know, fairly busy. And I I always you know I, I always tell myself, well, things are gonna get busy in the spring. It's gonna get busy in the spring. You're not gonna be able to do what you want to do. And it's always like ah, you know, it it, it just doesn't seem seem all too real until uh spring actually hits and everything comes at once it's like oh my goodness i'm not gonna get nearly enough done and so you know part of the deal is getting brush cut and getting things cleaned up off the ground uh there's a short window here and and i was actually reading a, a book the other day about aroostook county and uh this northern maine area and it, it's funny how they they joked that and it's a joke but it's actually reality they joke that uh you know a lot of the fields that window between winter and summer is so tight up here that they're the fields will will be half covered in snow and as the snow is receding the green grass is popping up and and that's exactly uh, what happened this spring the last few days and and so you get a really short window of probably two weeks uh, from the time you can actually get out on the ground and do things to the time uh, that there's uh, you know a whole bunch of grass and you can't find stuff in in the ground on the ground and and all of a sudden in three four weeks and there's a foot of grass or more 
and uh, you, you got it, it. It's just a. It's almost impossible to do a lot of things, and the leaves are out, and everything's real thick, and the brush is all leafed out, and um, makes it hard to see things. And so this window, when you're talking fixing fences, cleaning stuff up off the ground, cutting brush, uh, f walking through the woods, and being able to see things on the ground, is uh, is a very short window. So that brings into um, it, the conversation. One of the other things that I like to do this time of year, and it's been sort of an addiction that's caught on a few years ago and, and hasn't gone away, and that's uh, looking for shed moose antlers. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that look for shed deer sheds and, and throughout the country. Uh, in the west, there's a lot of guys hunt for elk sheds. In the northeast, uh, in moose country, um, we look for moose sheds. And we have a pile of moose uh, out here, and we have a pile of moose antlers, and they sell for good money. And they're so much fun. It's so much fun to be out in the woods this time of year. Everything's waking up after a long winter, and uh, you, like I said, you can see things on the ground. So um, I've been about oh 15 plus hours uh, straight walking uh, for the past few three days, walking uh, just walking clear cuts. In addition to you know the time driving around from area to area and prospecting and um it's been it's been really slow really tough uh shed hunting for me just to, i i happen to uh not be finding the the places that that i want to be you know places where bulls have been hanging out when they're dropping their antlers and some years uh 2 years ago i found a pocket and i found 19 antlers in 2 days and uh other years I've I've had the year before that I walked 17 hours without finding a horn so anyway I got oh seven or eight so far but they're most a lot of old ones so chewed up and white and so on but um, it's a lot of fun but anyway I had to give that up and and uh, do some cleanup and yard work and work on the farm here today so um, but with that all said, this is a trapping podcast, <laughs> so I'll try to keep that in mind. And uh, let's get down to uh, trapping-specific things. So um, a few things going on, a few things at the back of my mind. Uh, I wanted to mention this new website called Trapper's Report, and it just came up on my radar. The guy posted something uh, up on Trapper Man. And uh, I checked the site out, and I really had no idea what it was. It was basically like just this really basic website. It's trappersreport.com, and he's just posting up uh, different news articles and so on um, related to trapping. So it's pretty cool. So, I mean, you know, I get a lot of stuff um, uh, in in my email inbox and on trapping articles, but I thought, wow, I better start checking this thing out because um, it's another good source of of trapping articles and information. And uh, in this trapper's report, there's also an opportunity as as I'm looking at it here for you to submit an article on the site. So uh, a great chance to uh, to share with people a trapping related article that that you found uh, and, and found to be useful and want other people to see. So it's kind of, it looks like it's kind of in a trial stage. The site's only been up for a short time and uh, it may, the guy may or may not decide to continue 
with this probably de just depends on uh, how useful it is and how many people use it. So who knows? There's a lot of trapping uh, sites and blogs uh, that have come and gone over the years. Um, I can think of half a dozen uh, right now that came and went and lost steam over time. So um, that that could happen here. But I I hope uh, I hope he sticks with it because this is some pretty cool information. So um, when I get some more time to dig into it and I find some some uh, stuff, I'll be sure to to share it with you and and maybe I'll post a few things up. Uh, as as time allows in the future, so that's trappersreport.com. Um, the other thing I did, uh, so a couple things I want to talk to you about, and we'll see how much time we have uh, in tonight's episode. But the, the the first the first thing I want to talk about is processing beaver meat, and the second thing is uh, the big topic is going on a long line for. Uh, for spring beavers, so uh, I had a chance to ride along on on a line up here, and, and it was a, a heck of a learning experience. So I wanted to share a bit of that with you, and some of the notes that I took, and, and the things that came to mind. Uh, but anyway, uh, processing beaver meat. Oh man, I had my first shed is an absolute disaster right now. I finally got all the carcasses cleaned out of it, so that's good. Before it got warm and got too stinky, but I had about uh, 30, 30 to 35 beaver carcasses all piled in here, um, from uh, some that I trapped and some, most of which I bought uh, spring from spring beaver trappers up here and and. Uh, I was cutting the meat off of them and preserving it uh, in order to uh, preserve and prepare my bait for next fall's Martin and Fisher trapping season. So the reason I do that, and I started it last year as kind of an experiment, but I wanted to, you know, this time of year, uh, the, toward the end of April, it's easy to get beavers, there's a bunch of them available. Uh, it was an opportunity before the snow melted and things got busy to uh, to process some meat. And I always, I, I know for a fact it never fails. Um, Martin trapping season starts November 1st and the months of September and October are so incredibly busy for me with, with all the things I get going on, working at home and on the farm and hunting and other trapping stuff, trying to get prepared and and uh, eke out a little bit of time for trapping. Getting bait is is hard to do. And and really, if you want to trap beavers in the fall, up here our early season in a couple of zones starts the 15th of October. So you only have two weeks uh, in order to get your bait. And if those are busy two weeks, um, then you're out of luck. So um, I did it last year, and uh, I preserved the meat with sodium benzoate, and it worked awesome and uh, if you are curious about that I have a, a video on YouTube up on that um, how to do it um, I did some in salt some in sodium benzoate and uh, I, I opened it up five months later and it was just like it had been the day I put it in uh, so uh, that was just an excellent learning experience and showed that you know what you can preserve your bait ahead of time and uh, it, it to me it's just it's just like you know firewood i you know i burn five six about five cords of wood in the winter time and i i really 
I always like to have by this time of year a full wood shed and be started on my wood uh, full wood shed for next year's burning and started on my wood for the following year to get it started to dry it's just a good feeling to be ahead on things because you never know what might come up and and what uh you may not have time or there may be another opportunity and uh, I hate the idea of thinking oh, I, I'm stuck having to do this. Um, so when I can, I, I try to get ahead on things. So the beaver meat, um, I, I, I basically what I did was I boned as much meat as I could off of these 30, 35 beavers. And then of the boned meat, I cut that up into chunks and I ran it through the grinder. So it was all ground up put it in big tubs and then I mixed it in the sodium benzoate um, and preserved all of that and then I put it in in heavy duty uh, plastic bags sucked all the air out tied them up sealed them and then put those bags in five gallon pails with lids and stacked those out behind the shed and um, some some of them were in five gallon pails some of them I had like these uh, 12 gallon, uh, 10, 12 gallon Tupperware containers. Um, did the same thing with the bags and then put the lids on, uh, sealed them up, uh, sealed the lids with, with some heavy duty duct tape. Um, and the bags keep the flies out, the lids keep uh, whatever other animals from, from getting in there. And uh, those, are, those are sitting out back ready to be deployed next fall. So that's pretty exciting. And the other preparation is working on taking, still going to get all the traps out of my Martin boxes from last season. I basically brought the boxes in and stacked them all up. Um, so I got to clean all those out and see which boxes are good to go, which ones need to be repaired, which ones need to be thrown away. Um, get the traps in, look them over, and... Uh, make any necessary adjustments or repairs and get them ready to be dipped later this summer. So um, that is sort of part of the, the off-season stuff. I It's always hard for me to do off-season stuff because, again, trapping is just a just one piece of the whole puzzle. But um, it's, good. it's good to do it when you can. All right, a couple other things. Oh, uh, so I'm going to have a few things up upcoming that I'll be reviewing and you'll have a chance to uh, to see. So Cotts Brothers, Kyle and Kellen Cotts uh, from Cotts Brothers Lures over in Savannah, Illinois. Um, you know those guys as advertisers on Trapping Today website. Uh, they have a new, Kellen has a new DVD coming out. Uh, it's called The Flat Set Fix. And so Kellen... Um, he put together the the black book of coyote trapping uh, last year, and uh, that's I think been a pretty successful book. Uh, I have a copy. I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot from it. It's uh, it's a lot of great basics to get you started coyote trapping. I have a review of it on Trapping Today. If you go on the site again, that search bar is your best friend. Click uh, click on the search bar, type in uh, black book coyote or COTS, K-A-A-T-Z, Coyote. That'll come up and you can read the review, click on a link to buy it, um, or you can go to their website, COTSBros.com. And uh, so so he's been doing a lot of this coyote trapping stuff. Um, I think it's it's a pretty good idea with the coyote trapping, coyote prices being so high that uh, 
you know, a lot of the trappers are, are starting to look into coyotes a little bit more um, um, carefully and trying to get into to trapping them. Uh, also, Chris Pope, Coyote Trapping School. I know I talked about that uh, a while back. And uh, just uh, wanted to remind you guys, you can go to coyotetrappingschool.com. Uh, there is a, a link on Trapping Today you can click over, and you should be able to get a discount on that if you want to take that video course. So haven't really promoted that too heavily. Um, so we're in the off-season and so on, but but that is opportunity still available. Um, but anyway, this new video is coming out. It's called The Flat Set Fix. And I'm I'm really uh, interested in... in uh, and watching it and learning from it. I actually should have it on Monday or Tuesday. Um, another thing I gotta mention with Cots Brothers, it, Kellen is is like a, a machine, man. It's a it's pretty amazing. So uh, I I haven't yet. I I I can't remember how I've probably ordered from them now like I don't know twelve or thirteen times, that, um, something like that, and. Every single time I've ordered, the very next day I get an email or that same day that your order's been received and yours has been shipped. It's just, it's incredible. It's like, he's like a, like a machine. So uh, they're right on the ball, especially when you got two guys, two, maybe three guys uh, working um, in that that business that, that they can get that stuff out so quickly is, is pretty impressive. So anyway, pretty reliable guys. If you want to get something... Uh, that's a beauty in the trapping industry. We have so many good suppliers out there. Uh, so, so this new DVD it just come out. It's available now. The flat set fix, and it's it's not super long, and it's actually a pretty good price DVD. I think it's like four, fifteen bucks or something. I I get to check, but um, I'm interested because you know when I learned a coyote trap, everything I learned was a dirt hole set. And so, you know, I, I've watched uh, Chris Pope's Coyote Trapping School. He talks about both Dirt Hole and, and the Flat Set. Uh, John Chagnon's Canine Trapping DVD shows putting in some flat sets. Um, or, or, you know, the Scent Post set, basically the Eastern uh, variation of the Flat Set. And th- there's a lot. It can looks pretty simple at times, but then, then again, there's a lot of potential complexity to it as far as I can tell um, but I have not used uh, I learned a coyote trap with dirt holes and that's what we used that in a lot of coyote trappers are uh, learned in, in a similar fashion where you know you learn to dig a dirt hole you make that you you make that one set and you replicate that set all across your trap line and uh, you catch a bunch of animals and you're happy but uh, what you hear very commonly is trappers start with the dirt hole set for coyotes and they transition to more and more towards using the flat set. And oftentimes they'll find that the flat set is actually more effective than the dirt hole once you've got it figured out. And so I've heard, I've heard this multiple times from different trappers um, in completely different backgrounds that say, you know, I started out, I was like 90% dirt holes, and and now I try to make about 50-50 dirt hole to flat set um, ratio. So that, uh, for some reason, that seems to be a pretty common goal for a lot of trappers that get more advanced. And I think it 
it's a result of you know learning them learning through experience that that flat set works so uh i will be uh be watching that i look forward to seeing it and and sharing with you um what i learn and uh and hopefully uh, you'll get a chance to pick that up too so that's the flat set fix uh, the other thing with uh, with the strap and supply guys, sometimes um, John Chagnon, if he's a funny, funny guy, uh, PCS Outdoors, and John, John and I've you know been going back and forth um, since he he started advertising on Trapping Today, and uh, you know we may you know send each other stuff here and there and. Uh, I do some some reviews of his stuff, and so I I did a review a little short while back on his canine trapping DVD, which which is a really good DVD. You should check that out. Uh, go trapping today. Get on that search bar and uh, click type in Chagnon C H A G N O N and canine, and and you'll see a review of that uh, DVD. But John. Uh, he did a great job with that, and I, you know, I put together a review, and and uh, I didn't really say say much. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even tell him that it was out, and and he, he picked up on it and thanked me for it and everything. And it just so happened that uh, I, I, I'd been wanting to, you know, I want so Lennon Lures is is a sponsor in Trapping Today website, and uh, I. I really like how John operates that business. So he has PCS and he also has Lennon's Lures. And and Lennon Lures has a really uh, long history of very high quality trapping lures. And John has been very faithful to those original lure formulas and, and has not sacrificed anything um, as far as the quality of the lure and, and so on. So I've been wanting to try out a few of them. He he sent me a bunch, and my first shed burned down, and the lures were in it. So I had a whole box of linen lures that went up in flames, and uh, a pile of melted glass that I had to clean up. So so I'd been wanting to to try out some of the ones that I'd had. I, I and I used the Martin Super Alcohol before. My problem with it was I was trapping in open areas and trees and I was gobbing it on the trees and it, it wasn't holding up to the rain so that's why I developed that grease based lure and that's why I used uh, Scott Phillips uh, Magnum Martin um, lure for a long time it was because of that grease base and it holds up to weather however um, what I what I did find was when I put Lennon's lure undercover and I put it in the box, which now all we're using for Martin trapping is boxes, uh, it, these Lynx exclusion devices, holy crap, that is an incredibly attractive scent and it holds up very well. And it's got a, it's a really unique smelling scent. I have no idea what's in it. Um, I have a few thoughts, but I, I really don't know what, what exactly is in it, but it's, I like it. And I, I think the Martin like it. <laughs> so uh, I I wanted to buy a four-ounce bottle of that. And I, I wanted to try it in case the ice melted um, early enough. I wanted to try some muskrat floats and try the linen uh, rat lure. A muskrat super alcohol. Uh, ice hung on so I didn't get to try it. But anyway, I, I ordered those two. And like 
an hour after I ordered them, I went to Lennon's Lure's website, and this was the same day John had thanked me for the review of the DVD, and I went to order those, and about an hour later, your order's confirmed, good to go. Like an hour later, I get an email, your order has been refunded. And I thought, ah, oh, geez, you must have been out of stock or something, and that's uh, too bad. Nope, John John wouldn't let me pay for the lures. <laughs> so so not only did he send me those two, um, and I'm sure he doesn't want me to say anything about this, but uh, I, I appreciate it so much, John. I, I, uh, I had to bring it up. Um, he sent me three, four big bottles of other Lennon lures um, to use. So I appreciate that very much, but it's really fun. Um, it, it's enjoyable when you can... So, you, so it got me thinking a little bit um, with a lot of these guys in the trapping industry. And I've been fortunate. I had some really great guys to work with so far. But it, I think about like the feuds that neighbors have with each other. And they're always like back and forth. And, and uh, one guy screwing the other guy over. And, and uh, doing this to your yard. And you're doing this to mine. And back and forth. And I'm you know, mad at him for this. And he's mad at me for that. And... <laughs> and and uh you know with like with me and John I just got thinking that geez it, it's like it's like uh the exact opposite of that where you do something really good for me and I'm trying to do something good for you to return the favor and I do something good for you and you do something good back for me and and uh boy isn't that so much more fun than than uh than the other way around um <laughs> when you're fighting to to help each other out and do good things for other people. Um, it's, it's a real great thing. I hope to continue to do that in the future. So anyway, uh, John did send me a couple of those original Herb Lennon books to read and, and send back to him. And, and, uh, I did one like a month or two ago and I'm going to, I'm going to do these two more. Um, these are some of her, the original trapping books, some really old school stuff and, and, uh, true piece of history. So, I'll get those I'll get those up and going. But anyway, that is pretty much a wrap up of what's been going on and I think I'm going to close this episode out. I don't want to go super long and I have a lot to talk about in the or I think I have a lot to talk about in the long lining beaver uh, ride along that I did. So uh, I'm going to wrap this up uh, and Next episode is going to be straight longlining beaver trapping ride along. Take care and we'll catch you next time.